Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of Canadians in Old Time Radio, which is a project of CATRA, the Canadian Old Time Radio Alliance. And if you go to our website, www.cotra.ca, I'm sure you'll find some interesting clips and tidbits from various programs, plus a calendar and uh, all sorts of information. Well, let's get to our Made in Canada segment, and uh, this time we have an episode of Don Messer and his Islanders from 1957. Nova Scotia, we send you as a presentation of the CBC, 30 minutes featuring the lively way down east music of Don Mester and his Islanders. Yes, sir, it's lively music by those six guys, Miguel, and here's a very fitting tune for this part of the year. Don't try to straighten it, it might fall down. Here's an Islander version of the Crooked Stove Fight. Thank you. 
Well, I guess Charlie Chamberlain is telling the whole truth that this would be kind of a lonesome place this time of year, although it adds many hours of pleasure for the young fry when the ice is good and heavy. Charlie sings of that lonely river. I guess your friends will be all rested up after the holiday, and we'll feel like stepping off a few birds with a few steps. So how about joining us as we play one of the best in La Belle Canadienne?
Jones, you people like me that are getting too old for these modern tunes better sit back and enjoy the music while we give our teenagers a chance at the hardwood. They'll have no trouble doing a bit of jive as Walter Monroe supplies the minor drag. Walter Monroe, his piano, and the minor drag. You know, Buller will be apt to call his best girl a lover, sweetheart, or some such endearing title. Marg says there are many different ways, and she tells the one that's a change as she sings that fallen star. Sky, you 
I don't think you could call this little lady a fallen star. No, sir. She has her own particular title. And around the farm, they call her the Little Black Hen. this tune just a short time ago, and since that we've received many requests for repeat. Our dedication to those second shot-in friends and to all celebrating any special event, the French Minuet.
you've heard the expression many times, I'm just taken for granted. Well, Charlie Chamberlain has the solution for that problem, and he wants all the men to pay careful attention as he sings just the little lovin'. Ever since the time began, love has ruled the world. Even Adam set a pace and started in a world. I met you and now I know that you're the one for me. Come on back and you will plainly see. Just a little loving will go a long way. And you will make me happy the rest of my days. Put your arms around me and I'll be your slave. Cause just a little loving will go a long way. Don't believe you really know how much I love you. If you did, you come on back and make my dreams come true. Your eyes, your lips, your loving kisses seem to linger yet. I'll forgive, but please don't you forget. Just a little loving will go a long way. And you will make me happy the rest of my days. Put your arms around me and I'll be your slave. Cause just a little loving will go a long way. Well, I like this tune as it was written by our very good friend, Paul Menard. We feel Paul is going to be one of Canada's outstanding fiddlers. Give a listen, drop us a line, and let us know how you like the Jolly Breakdown. Again, we blend the voices of Mark Osmond and Charlie Chamberlain on something we feel deserves a special place in our program. The day 11 song, The Bible Tells Me So. Have faith, hope, and charity. That's the way to live successfully. How do I know the Bible tells me so? 
Yes, Lord, you'll surely please. How do I know the Bible tells me so? Here's a dance you like. We've got just the right instrument to supply the music. Cecil McCacker leans away back, grabs a whole handful of strings, and comes up with the Mexican hat dance. Well, friends, we hope this past year has been just one of the best you've had, the pleasure of living, and our wish for you and yours is that this new one coming up will even be a whole lot better. May you have all that's good in 1958 as Mark sings New Year's Bell.
That's something just a little bit different, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's been about a year since you've had that one on the program, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. Margot has been in the lovely New Year's Bells. And we hope, Mum, this uh, never happens to you in 1958. Of course, it's not too much work to prepare a new pot, but it takes something away from a good cook when he or she has that little burnt potato. That man is waving two fingers, so I guess that means just a little bit of time to play one of the best in tune with the Rakes of Mallow.
Well, friends, there's our last program in 1957. You know we're going to be back come 1958 with a brand new year, but we'll be playing all the old favorites that you friends seem to enjoy so much. This is Ray Simmons speaking for Don, Mark, Charlie, and all the gang, wishing you and yours a pleasant weekend and a very happy new year. Don Messer and his islanders came to you from the studios of CBH in Halifax, Nova Scotia, a presentation of the CBC. This is CBC Radio, the Trans-Canada Network. CBL, CBC-FM, Toronto. For our Canadians Abroad segment, we'll have a complete change of pace and an episode of Screen Guild Players, this time featuring two Canadians. The first is Deanna Durbin, who was born in Winnipeg, and the second is someone that we have not seen on this show yet, Jean Lockhart, who came to us from London, Ontario. He was actually a member of the Toronto Argonauts football team for a time. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, The Good Fairy. The starring players... This is Deanna Durbin. This is Frederick March. And this is Jean Lockhart. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Universal Pictures' sparkling comedy... The Good Fairy, based on the play by Perrin Molnar. It stars Frederick March as Dr. Sporum, Deanna Durbin as Louisa, and Jean Lockhart as Mr. Conrad. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in The Good Fairy. <laughs> Honestly, it could have happened to anyone. Just listen and see if you don't agree. You see, that was my very first job, working as a maid in the hotel. And old Detlaff, he was one of the waiters there. Oh, I guess he felt sort of sorry for me because I'd been raised at the orphanage. And anyway, we got to talking and he said... You mean you've never even been to a party? Well, once, at the orphanage, they took all us girls on an excursion. We gave them a lawn party at the penitentiary. The penitentiary? Yes, but only that once. They said it worried the prisoners or something. Oh, that's silly. I mean a real party with lovely dresses and tailcoats and wine and good service and glassware and music. Oh, my. Ice cream and caviar and frog's legs. Oh, I love ice cream. Well, look, there's going to be a big ball here tomorrow night. Would you like to go? Oh, I'd love to. But I haven't anything to wear. Well, I'll borrow an evening dress from the dry cleaning shop. And I'll get you an invitation, too. I'll leave it for you at the porter's desk. Oh, uh, what's your name? Louisa. Uh, Louisa Gingle Busher. Gingle Busher? Mm. 
Baron so-and-so, meet Miss Skinglebusher. Now, that sounds awful. But that's my name. What'll I do? Well, you better not do anything. Just sit at a table and look aristocratic. And that's what I was doing at the ball. Just sitting at a table and looking aristocratic when Mr. Conrad rushed up and sat right down and said, oh, Why, you're beautiful. You, you're, you're wonderful. The nicest thing that's happened to me. Are you alone? That's fine. Uh, let's, have, uh, let's have some champagne. Yes, but Detlap was the waiter at our table, you see, and, and he didn't think I should drink champagne, and he said, I, I believe the young lady would prefer some soup. And Mr. Conrad said, Champagne. And Detlap said, Soup. And Mr. Conrad said... Champagne. And Detlef still said... Soup. And then Mr. Conrad got very angry. I say champagne, and if we can't get it here, we'll get it in the private dining room. So you see, that's how we happened to go to the private dining room. And well, I was a little frightened, I guess. I, I mean, well, the way Mr. Conrad was carrying on... Money? Oh, money's no object, my dear. I have millions, millions. I'm in the meatpacking business, you know. Just got back from South America. Oh, you're marvelous, wonderful. Why, a pretty girl like you ought to have everything. Diamonds, rubies, automobiles. You're stupendous, colossal. You're... How would you like a, a fur coat, huh? That's what I'll start with. A nice Oh, no, fur... no, no, you can't. Nonsense, nonsense. I thrive on obstacles. I... Why can't I? Why can't I give you a little sable coat? Huh? Well, because, uh... Because, well, you see, uh... I'm married. Married? Oh, now, why did you have to go and say that? Why do you have to spoil everything? We were having such fun. I was buying you a fur coat and... Ah, uh, aha. Uh-huh. Wait a minute. Don't move. I've got it. Got what? He'll buy you the fur coat. Who? Your husband. I'll make him rich. I'll... Uh, what does he do? Uh, uh, oh, you mean, what does he do? Certainly, I mean, what does he do? Uh, Doctor? Teacher? Engineer? Dentist. Oh, no. No, no, not a dentist. No, that would be too painful. Uh, printer. <laughs> Undertaker. Grocer. Lawyer. A lawyer. That's what he is, a lawyer. Fine, fine. I, I'll make him uh, General South American Legal Representative. General South American Legal... What does it mean? Nothing. But I'll make him something. I'll make him rich. Not ordinary rich. I mean special rich. Oh, just think. He'll be rich on account of me. Well, I'll be... I'll be his good fairy. I'll wave my wand and... You mean I'll wave my checkbook. I'll make him so rich he'll... uh, Confound that waiter. Where's the champagne? We've got to celebrate. You wait here, my dear. I'll go and get it. That's how the whole thing happened, you see. I just wanted to be a good fairy and make my husband rich. Only I didn't have a husband. So I had to get one out of the phone book. And he had to be a lawyer and very poor... So I picked one on a very poor street. Dr. Max Forum on Weisenberger Street. And, well, that's why Mr. Conrad went to see him. Ah, good morning. I'm looking for Dr. Max Forum. Are you from the gas company? I should say not. I'm from the South American Meat Packing Company. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't like frozen meat. Good day. Uh, just a minute. Do I look like a meat salesman? Frankly, yes. Well... I'll have you know, sir, that I'm president of a very large organization. And I'm here to get some legal advice from Dr. Sporum. And my first advice to him will be to discharge you. Oh, now, let me tell you, my pompous friend, no one can discharge me. I am Dr. Sporum. Uh, just the same. Uh, eh? 
Oh, oh, you're Dr. Spock. Hmm. <laughs> well, no wonder I didn't recognize you. I mean, behind that beard. Yeah, this, this beard, sir. This beard is a proud symbol of my profession. I'll thank you not to disparage it. Oh, no, no, no. On the contrary. Now, I'm here to make you my general South American legal representative. Now, what do you think of that? I'm no child, you know. No, naturally not for that. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I have always upheld the ethics of my profession, sir. I will have nothing to do with shady deals. But, but you, you don't understand. Now, you, you, you mean you have no motives? Yet you pick me, an unknown, unsuccessful lawyer, for a post of that sort? Answer yes or no. No, I, I mean yes. I mean... Well, you're, you're, you're not as obscure as you think, Dr. Sporrow. Oh, no. Some of us have been watching you, sir. Those uh, cases of yours... Oh, you mean the Bogani case? Uh, that's the one. Good old Bogani. <laughs> the way you won that case... Yeah, but I, I lost it. That's what I... Um, oh, you lost it. Oh, but that, that's, that, that's just what I mean. Sometimes it's better to lose a case cleverly than to win it stupidly. Now, here's my proposition, sir. Your fees will be a uh, uh, hundred thousand a year. Uh, a hundred thousand? And here's ten thousand cash to bind the bargain. So, so fast. Well, that, that, that's my motto. The quicker, the faster. And remember, Dr. Sporum, remember, share your good fortune with anyone near and dear to you. Uh, a little sable here, a diamond there. Huh? It means so much to them. <laughs> well, that's all for now. I'll phone you later. I, I'm rich. I, I can have new furniture, new equipment, a new pencil sharpener. An automatic with a handle and different sized holes. What I've always dreamed about at last. At last. That's it, that's it, gentlemen. The desk goes right there. Fine, fine, fine. Now, if you bring those files... I'm sorry, that'll have to wait. We're quitting for lunch. Come on, men. Oh, no, no. Do you really have to? I mean, couldn't you... That, oh, excuse, excuse me, please. I, No, no, look here. You mustn't bother me when I'm... Oh, you've brought it. Oh, my pencil sharpener. And high time, I must say. If you delivered pencil sharpeners a little more promptly, you might not have to work in a stationer's all your life. But I don't work in a stationer's. Promptness is the very soul of... Oh, you don't? No, I was just standing outside, and the messenger put this gadget in my hands and told me to sign for Dr. Max Sporum, and... Are you Dr. Sporum? Yes, yes. And whom have I the honor of... Uh... Oh, my name is Louisa. Louisa Ginglebusher. I see you... Uh... Gingle, Usher? Uh, why were you standing outside, may I ask? Oh, you, you were coming here to consult me, perhaps. Oh, no. I just wanted to see how you looked. Indeed? Mm -hmm. And how do I look? Terrible. I, I mean, with that beard and everything. My dear young lady, you are looking at the general South American legal representative of a very large corporation. Are you glad? Glad? <laughs> if you mean stupefied, jubilant, triumphant, thunderstruck... Yes, I do. Then I'm glad, and I'll tell you why because I've always contended that right is right and integrity is the only sure road to success. But don't you... No, think... no, no, let, let me finish. For years I have starved in this very spot, for years, my dear girl, dreading every ring on that doorbell, knowing it meant always a summons for the rent, or a man to shut off the water, or remove my gas meter, and why? Well, hmm? maybe you just... No, no, no I'll, I'll tell you why. Because I have always been an ethical lawyer, steeped in the law, but concerned with justice. Ah, but knowledge and honesty bring their reward in the end. Yes, just this morning, our president, Mr. Conrad, came to me. You mean you think he came yeah, because... Yeah, because he wanted an able, honest man. Why else? Well, maybe... And uh, to... because you're the first one to hear about this world-shaking event, and because you're rather pretty, and because I like you, from now on, I am your legal advisor for nothing. For nothing? Yeah, for nothing. Free. 
gratis, absolutely without charge. Now then, is there, uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, consult me about? Well, yes. Yes, there is one thing. Excellent, excellent. And since my fees are now a uh, hundred thousand a year, I believe we can afford to discuss your problem over lunch. I'm putting in all new furniture, you know. I, I'm going to be completely re-equipped. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't this ice cream good? That's splendid, splendid. Did you know there's an ice box that makes its own ice and with gas? I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't either, no. But I read about it. I read... I, I might even... I might even buy one. And I might buy a, uh, a motor car, too. No. Yes. Oh, not, not a big one, of course. Just something to drive around in. How many cylinders? Oh, I don't know. Maybe one to start with. Isn't that wonderful? What color will you get? Red shows up nicely, or, or do you like green? No, well, I, I was thinking of a nice, quiet black. Black? Mm-hmm. Do you want to look like an undertaker? Why not get something cheerful, like, like yellow or green or... I know! Pink! Pink? Why not? That's a very pretty color. Oh, no, no, no. I think, I think a nice conservative black. Well, of course, it's your car. But if it was me, I certainly wouldn't get it black. And, and, well, I certainly wouldn't wear a beard either. I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, uh, <clears throat> believe there was something you wanted to ask me. Ask you? Yeah, as I understood it, a, uh, legal question. Oh, that. Uh, yes, I, um, I, um, uh, well, if a girl told a man she was married and she wasn't, and she only told him because she had to. Is there anything wrong in that? Wrong in what? I mean, when he asked her her husband's name, and I just... Um, this girl just picked out some name or other. Is there anything wrong in that? Well, she didn't get anything from him under this assumed name, did she? Oh, no, no, she didn't get anything. Nothing. Oh, well, then, then she has nothing to worry about. And she may eat her ice cream in peace. <laughs> if I had a name like Jingle Busher, I'd want to change it, too. Hmm... If I had a beard like that, I certainly wouldn't make fun of Gingelbusher. Which concludes the legal business, I believe. Please take it off. Never. All right. And it's got to be pink. Pink? The car. You can't take that beard around in a black car. You'd frighten the children. Uh, just a moment. I never said I was buying a car. I was only thinking about it. Oh, but you've got to buy one. You've got to buy it today. Oh, no, please, one, one doesn't just buy cars like that. But suppose your president changes his mind. By tomorrow night, you might not even be general legal. Why should he change his mind? Oh, I don't know. He, he just might. Come on, let's go and buy it now. Well, of course, I, I don't mind going to look. But, but, but just to look, mind you. Under no circumstances will I buy a car. <laughs> At last, at last, I'm driving my own motor car. Oh, and such a lovely color, too. <laughs> such a beautiful pink. It'll be so effective when your beard comes off. People will point at me. It's <clears throat> my beard. Never. What do you like today, Dr. Spoldham? A haircut, the shampoo, and the beard. Uh, I trim him a little, yes? The, the beard comes off. Off? Off. Off! Off! And what's more, I'm... I'm afraid this is just the beginning. 
Lady Esther has presented Act One of The Good Fairy, starring Jean Lockhart, Frederick March, and Deanna Durbin. In just a moment, we will hear the Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Act Two. But first, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. If you were to wet your face and let it dry in the wind, you know how tight and drawn it would feel. You know how rough and flaky the delicate surface texture of your skin would look. Well, skin specialists tell me that coating the skin, covering it with mask-like makeup, produces somewhat the same condition, only worse. They call it dehydrating the skin, drying it out. If you've been using any type of makeup that stiffens or hardens on your skin, becomes a sort of mask or coating, you may have noticed dehydration. You may have noticed that your skin is drier and flakier than it used to be, that the pore openings seem stretched and enlarged, that the texture of your skin looks a little coarser, you may even have noticed little bumps and blemishes. Skin specialists say these are the results you can expect from makeup that plasters the skin and corks up the tiny pore openings. Instead of improving the skin, such makeup may actually cause it to look older. Now, doesn't it seem a shame for any woman to take such risks when she can look so much lovelier safely? Lady Esther Face Powder gives your skin that smooth, flawless look you want, that fresh, young look without danger for it's made a new way by my patented twin hurricane process. And it has what I call a baby texture. It's not like ordinary powder on the skin, but like a delicate film of beauty that helps hide little lines and blemishes. And it clings at least four hours, often longer. Compare Lady Esther face powder with any other makeup you've ever used. Try it on half your face with your usual makeup on the other. And I promise you... You'll see at once why more lovely women now use Lady Esther face powder than any other kind of makeup. I was so happy that afternoon. And I really thought I was his good fairy, too. Helping him to buy a car and a new suit and new ties and shirts. And then afterward, while he was in the barber shop, I was waiting in the department store across the street. And that's how I happened to see the first scarf. Oh, it was so beautiful. Genuine Foxine. And a bargain, too. 1950. Uh, marked down from 25. Of course, I couldn't afford anything like that. I couldn't even hope to buy it, but... Well, I, I was just sort of trying it on. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. Hmm? I said that scarf looks lovely on you. Now, what do you think about me? Oh, I, I, I'm afraid you've made a mistake. Y yes, I think I have, Miss Gingelbusher. Look what you've done to me. Look. Dr. Sporm, it's you. Yes, what's left of me. <sighs> you see before you a man who has to shave. The bane of human existence. It takes time and trouble and ruins the disposition. But you look wonderful. So handsome. No, 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 please, let me finish. Young lady, you don't realize. My beard kept me warm in winter and cool in summer. <laughs> and gave me something to do with my hands when I was nervous. But, but... Uh, and besides don't... which, a beard is man's crowning glory, distinguishing him from all other animals. 
Some other animals can even speak, such as parrots. But can you show me any others with beards? <laughs> yes, such as billy goats. Well, yeah, Billy goes, yeah. But uh, I I do feel very naked, you know. But let it never be said that a sporum refused any request of a gingle busher. I'm so glad you did it. Now you look like a real general South American legal. Mm -hmm. You look very pretty in that scarf. What is it? Isn't it beautiful? It's genuine foxine. Aha. Probably related to a fox or something. I was, uh, I was just trying it on. I think... I think I'd better... No, 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 don't take it off. No, no, you've, you've got to have it. You've got to let me share my good fortune with you. Oh, I can't. No, 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 please, you must. What's a fox scene between friends, hmm? Oh, clerk, clerk. Yes, sir, something you wish, sir? Yeah, the young lady will take this scarf. I see it's, uh, 1950, hmm? Here's a 20. You may keep the change. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Oh, yeah. You're wonderful. And kind and good and, and generous. That's why I like doing things for you. For me? You mean you have done, uh, or about to do, or you, you, you wish to do me some good? Oh, uh, no, no, I, I just mean if something came along, well, naturally, I, I mean, I'd do it if I could. Oh, well, that's sweet of you. <laughs> you know, now that we've met, it would be dreadful if we lost each other. We, we never saw each other again, hmm? Yes, wouldn't it? So it follows that we must arrange to meet again. Hmm? Tonight, perhaps, huh? for supper. That's wonderful. I... Oh, no. I can't. I forgot. You forgot what? I have to have supper with a gentleman. I, I told him I would at his hotel. His hotel? Do well, you mean his apartment? I suppose so. Oh, I'd rather go with you, but after all he's done, I, I mean, Is I... this the gentleman to whom you gave the assumed name? Yes. I see. Mm -hmm. For such a young girl, you're doing very well. I'm not doing anything. Good day, Miss Gingelbusher. Oh, wait, wait. Don't you want to see me anymore? I, I thought we liked each other. Apparently, we were mistaken. Goodbye. He's so happy, Detlef. He thinks he's been made general South American legal because he's been honest all these years. He's got to keep all that. Even if he doesn't like me anymore... He's got to keep his pencil sharpener. What do you mean, his pencil sharpener? Has anyone been giving you champagne again? Oh, don't be silly. But if you start out being a good fairy, you can't stop right in the middle. In the middle of what? Well, where does the pencil sharpener come in? He's got to keep it. That's why I have to have supper with Mr. Conrad. The one who tried to make you drink last night? I absolutely forbid it. You can. I can. I, I'll tear him apart with my bare hands. I'll knock him down. I'll, I'll it's knock him down again. Set, I... laugh. This is for Dr... For dear Maxie's sake. Oh, it's good to see you, my dear. You're wonderful. You're gorgeous. You're... Uh, tell me, what did he say? Who? That uh, your husband, you know. Oh, Maxie. Well, I, I gave him a good talking to. Fine. And then we went out and bought a new car. Fine, fine. And then he got some new clothes... New suit, new hat, new uh -huh. shirts, new ties. Yes, yes, yes. But what about you? Uh, what did you get? Me? Well, after all, that, that, that was the whole idea. If I made him rich, I mean... Oh, yes, yes, of course. I got this first scarf. Isn't it lovely? Genuine foxine. Foxine? 
Foxine. He gets himself an automobile. All those wonderful things and all you get is this, this piece of skinned cat. It isn't cat. Don't tell me. Skins are part of my business. Why, a girl like you should have the best. Ermine Sables, Mink, Chinchilla. And if he won't get them for you, I'll get them for you. Oh, no, no, you, you can't. Why not? I worship you, revere you, you electrify me, you weld me into a... Into a fiend! Into a fiend, into a... a what? No! What are you doing here, sir? Who are you? Oh, don't you remember me? Of course I do. I never forget a face. Wait, don't tell me. I uh, Hold on. I, I have... Ah! You're that waiter fellow, the one who liked soup. No, she liked the soup. I don't like soup, and I don't like you, and maybe you won't like this. Tap, tap. Hit him, you'll spoil everything. Now, come along. We're getting out of here. Come on now. No, no, come no, on. Go. Unhand her. Unhand her. You, you, you can't do this to her. To me, you'll pay for it. I'll pay you for it. I'll see my lawyer. Where's Dr. Sporum? I want to see him. Isn't he home? Don't stand there like that. Call Dr. Sporum. I am Dr. Sporum. What do you mean you're... Why, he's a fellow with a... Don't you think... What's the big idea? I shave. You shave? You look terrible. Well, you don't look too well yourself. What's the matter with your eyes? Ah, that's what I came to see you about. A little while ago, I was walking down the street. A taxi came along. A taxi, eh? Did it belong to one of the big companies? It doesn't matter. Ah, but it does. In the case of Weber versus... I don't care about Weber. All I care about is your wife. My wife? Yes, your wife. She was sitting in the cab with an ugly waiter from my hotel. And when I... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Your wife was in the taxi with that waiter. I haven't any wife. You haven't any... What do you mean, sir? Why, I thought that... Oh, the... excuse me. I'll see you at the door. Uh, Dr. Sporum. Louisa, it's you. I've been looking everywhere for you. I went back to the store, but you were gone. Dr. Sporum, this is Detlaff. He said we ought to come and... It's an you. outrage to subject a girl like this to the attentions of an old wolf like Are that. Are you referring to me? <gasps> Mr. Conrad. Uh-huh. No wife, Dr. Sporum. I suppose she just came here by accident. I suppose you never saw her before. I suppose you're not even married to her. I suppose I must be goofy or something. Yes, it's possible, of course. Huh? But pending a final decision in this matter, I believe we'd better have an explanation. <laughs> So you said you were married. That's where you come in, Dr. Sporum. Me? He, he said he'd make my husband rich, and, and I, I thought I could be like a, like a good fairy and, and help somebody, and so I looked in, in the phone book. And you... You picked me, is that it? I just said, Eeny, meeny, miny, moan. You were moan. <laughs> And that, Mr. Conrad, is why you came to me and made me your lawyer. Well, in a, in a way, I mean, that is... Uh, uh, yes, I sir. see, I see. Honesty is the only road to success. The standard of ethics, long may it wave. It's all my fault. Oh, I, I can understand about the phone. It's an impulsive gesture. But why did you have to go to his apartment tonight, hmm? Why? So you could keep your blasted pencil sharp. Now, that's why. Louisa, you mean everything you did? I mean, my pencil chip... It was all for me. I'm sorry I was so much trouble. I'm going now. Mr. Conrad, I guess this first scarf is yours. Oh, no. Please. Yes, yes, she's right. She's right, of course. The scarf, the furniture, the motor car, and the balance of the money. Louisa, we shall be very poor. Oh, 
I've never been anything else. But you know I love you. And I love you. We'll get along even without his old contract. Oh, you will, will you? Independent, aren't you? Well, let me tell you this. This man has a contract with me. He signed for five years whether he likes it or not. What? And if there's any breaking of contracts around here, I'll do it myself. Who do you think you are? But, but Mr. Conrad... Yes, and who do you think you are, young lady? Well, whether you like it or not, Mr. Conrad, she happens to be my good fairy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm the good fairy. As a matter of fact... Why, you soup lover, you... I I'll punch you right in the eye. If there's any good fairy around here, it's me. Thank you, Frederick March, Deanna Durbin, and Jean Lockhart for a really delightful half hour. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, a word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther. If you are one of those who've written me recently of your experience with harmful makeup, I want to take this opportunity to thank you. I'm glad to know I'm wakening so many women to the danger of dehydrated skin, skin dried, flaked, and coarsened by the application of mask-like coatings of makeup. But I've not been the only one to sound this warning. Skin specialists are continually telling women who come to them with dry, rough, blemished skins to avoid any makeup that coats the skin, masks it. For if you cork up the tiny pore openings with hard little deposits, you stretch and enlarge them, risk ugly little bumps and blemishes, dry and coarsen the skin's delicate surface. I can't believe any woman would willingly take these risks once she knows about them, especially when it's so easy to prove with one little box of Lady Esther face powder that she can get the smooth, flawless look she wants safely. Lady Esther face powder, made by my own exclusive process, is smoother and finer than face powder has ever been before. You'll see the difference the instant the puff touches your skin. You'll see how much smoother your skin looks, how much fresher and younger. You'll see why so many women call Lady Esther face powder the most flattering powder they've ever used. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Alias the Deacon... It will star Charles Winninger, Martha O'Driscoll, and Noah Berry, Jr. Be sure to listen. Deanna Durbin is currently being seen in the Universal production Christmas Holiday. Frederick March will soon be seen in the Lester Cowan production Tomorrow the World. Jean Lockhart can currently be seen in Going My Way, a Paramount production. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Now, to try Lady Esther For Purpose Face Cream... Just get the smallest size jar. Later, you can get the economical large jar and keep refilling the small one for convenience. This is Harry Bonzel speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's another episode of Canadians in Old Time Radio for you. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard and that you'll join us again soon. Take good care. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, 
We'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.